right. Well, I am, I'm glad to be here. I, uh, man, I'm so looking forward to it. And uh, we've had a lot of busy things going on. And, and I, you know what? In, in the church is busy. I know that uh, Shavank and Sadna and some of the, the folks are out. We've got our, our uh, uh, the UT ministry, UTA ministry. And um, so a lot of our, our folks are, are at a retreat uh, this morning. And, uh, and so they've been going over the weekend, coming, of course, you know, spring break and, and all. And, and, uh, so that, but that's good. That's good. And we're glad that, that, uh, that we can have our own retreat right here. Amen? <laughs> Come on. I don't know about you, but, man, when I, when I look forward to coming into the house of God in corporate worship, there is a place of just, of, of, of just corporate worship, that dynamic that, that you can enter into and experience and have that you won't get out there just on your, on your own. And, I, and I, I did this last week in, in San Angel because, and I'm going to touch a lot on, on some things this morning kind of in this area because we are meant to do life together. And I know when the pandemic started and, and all that kind of stuff started, you know, happening and, uh, and we went online and church services in person, you know, stopped and, and, and it was like pastors gave congregants, gave their, their, their parishioners uh, uh, permission to stay home. Well, I am ungiving permission. <laughs> If you're watching my live stream or on the podcast, get off your backside and get to church. And come on, let's gather and let's, let's experience what God has for us here. So uh, permission's over. <laughs> we want, we want to uh, experience all that God has. And the corporate aspect of worship is, is so powerful. Now, we'll, we'll talk about small group ministry and, and the di- dynamic of doing life together because it's so visible in the Scripture. And so we, we want to we enter into that real strong. But um, in, in church has to have a fullness. I mean, you know that you can't live on just one particular food day after day. <laughs> there is, it's called a balanced diet, Right? And it's a balanced diet for a reason. And the other part of that is if, okay, I'm going to tread here a little bit. Come on, let, 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 me, let me set this up. Let, 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 me, let me help you out here. I've done this for, for years, and, and, and I, I, think it, I think it helps. Everybody together, I want you to repeat after me. Let's say this together. Say, I love my pastor. <laughs> that'll that'll help it. Some sometimes you know we got to eat our broccoli too, right? <laughs> and and with that, it, you know, it's important that we do life together in spite of differences. <laughs> you know, we can always find something to argue about. We can always find something to they they can separate us. And, and, if, and if all you want to do is hang around your little group that all think just like you do, look like you do, do life like you do, you get weird. It does. It gets weird. I've seen it. I, I've, you know, 
I've had to, uh, to, to, I had some of that experience in a, in a, in a cult. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> David identifies, Pastor David. And, uh, and then, and then um, outside of San Angelo in West Texas, we had, we had one of the, the branches the, of the uh, LDS that was out there. Um, and um, that owned the ranch and just, man, some of the things. So I was a chaplain with the, with the police department. And when they, they rescued a lot of those out of that and brought them out of that and really just, you know, had to hold accountable the leader. And, of course, he's serving prison time now and, and a lot of that. But as we were ministering to it, was, it was obvious that when you just create that level of commune, and you're not really doing life in the midst of the world in which we live. You can get weird. Now, what you're going to see as we, as we kind of go into the Scripture is that there is this tension that's here. Because Jesus said, we're in the world, but not of the world. And so there's this tension. So he said, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to pray that God takes you out of here. <laughs> right? He's wanting us to stay, but to take a stand. He's wanting us to stay and be the light. He's wanting us to stay and be salt. And so we, we've got we to we find ways of, of how do we do that. And yet sometimes, this, this one... Pastor Lane, he, he texts me, and I had not even thought about it, because this is not the typical Walt Landers kind of message. This is off the rail. There, there is no three points. <laughs> this is just, we're just going to go to the Scripture in a moment, and we're just going to flow and see where God takes us. That's, his, that's dangerous, especially with me up here, because <laughs> we're shooting from the hip today. That's why you saying you love your pastor, you may have to forgive me before we get through with all this. <laughs> I may step on some toes. But that's all right. <laughs> kind of like one preacher said, said he's an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> he even offends himself sometimes. Anyway, in this, I, I just I, because I begin to go back through the book of Acts. And I'm doing this devotion with this whole group. There are 64 on this one thread of pastors from, from literally all around the world. And so the, the dynamic, the interaction, it's not just Western, not just American, not just... And, and that's what I love about our church. I feel like that we've got some diversity, some things happening uh, that's even international. And I love that. I love what God is building, what God is doing right here at the Life Church Arlington. It's awesome. And, and in this, um, just the interaction, but so we've been going through, we went through Luke and, and right into the book of Acts, and as we're now in the book of Acts, and, and, uh, and in that devotion, you're covering a few chapters, and you're having this dialogue uh, with, with others in that, in that chat. And, and it's just been so refreshing, but also can be challenging in that. And, and but... Ultimately, what, what it's, it's, again, just waking my heart to this, this vibrant, vital aspect of, of the church 
in doing church life, doing life as the ecclesia, the called out, called together ones, the church. And, and in that, um, when, you, when you look at just how they were expressing and doing life in the book of Acts, you, you pick up on kind of some threads of certain truths that are all the way through there. And, and so um, I feel like that early on there was something set in motion in the beginning. You know, there is that law of the first. How you many times start the race completely is going to determine how you finish that race. A lot of people say, well, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I, I'm telling you, I've started a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm apostolic. We, we started a lot of stuff. I've, I've done business deals. I've done with the charter schools, five cities now. And I can tell you, if, if in, 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 uh, as we have this conversation among charter leaders, you know, and, and, and we talk about this, so much is determined on how you start. And if you have a bad start, to overcome that, if you overcome it, is very difficult. And so if you go back to the book of Acts and you look at those early beginnings of what happened right after Jesus ascended, there are some things that I believe he set in motion to start things off properly. And yet, I think that, 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 that they're... they're they were still wanting to live in this virtual world. <laughs> I'm going to play on some words here this morning. Because there's, there's a whole lot that's happening right now about the vir- virtual realm. I know some of us, you know, have, have uh, got, some, got some age on us. And, I've, but, but I've, I've, and so I try to stay up. I try to hang around some guys that are a little younger than me. And, and try to find out where, where things are going, where movement's happening, why, what's going on. And there is something big in this virtual world. How many of you heard of Meta? Come on, how, how, are you willing to admit, how many of you have an avatar? Michelle, right? She's got an avatar. I want an avatar about 25 years younger. <laughs> in, in that virtual world, there is a whole life that is now being lived. Oh, it is. There are people, there are kids, there are young people that are living through those goggles. They have now created, if you, if you want to take a flight and go to Paris, you can go to Paris and you can walk the streets and experience Paris in a virtual world. I know it's strange. There is so many things happening in that virtual world that is, is impacting the natural and, and, and there's people longing and searching. Some of you still don't believe me. Let, me, let me. let me challenge you. If you go to the, not the Life Church, that's us, but Life Church, Craig, Craig Rochelle, go to his website. 
He now has a meta church with a meta pastor. And they now have people going into the meta church, life church, and sitting there. And you can see Pastor Groeschel on the screen preaching. And they've already had salvations. I know this is wild. Because that, that, that avatar is connected to a person. Sometimes the church is so far behind. <laughs> and there's people, real life people, that have an avatar living in a virtual world that are making a decision, oh, there's the life church. They're selling advertisement on billboards in the cities of the virtual world. <laughs> I know this is wild. <laughs> and then they're, they're, they're seeing there's this, and oh, okay, there's a church service. And, and they go in, and you can see the church service that's happening, and people are sitting out there in their, their avatars, and they're listening to the message. And they're, many of them are giving their life to Christ. Why are we finding that? And Because here's the other thing. Not all good is happening in the virtual world. There are people that are already reporting all kinds of crimes. Why? Because human beings are involved. And if there's evil in the heart, even if they go into a virtual world, there's, there's claims of, of, of rapes, of... of um, uh, being assaulted, all, all kinds of stuff is already happening. They're going to have to end up having a meta jail and meta officers and a meta judge. And a <laughs> Why? Because at some point you've, you've got to have law and order, right? Because otherwise if everybody's left to just do their own thing. See, we think that we want that. I remember years ago I was working on the, on the, uh, doing street preaching and I was out on the streets witnessing. So I'm witnessing along there, and I come up to this young couple, and this young man says, why are you out here? Why don't you just leave us alone? I said, because, man, God, he has changed my life so powerfully, and I didn't know that salvation, I didn't know that this was a gift. I didn't know what the freedom that I have experienced, and I, I want to share this with others. He said, no, no, no. I said, 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 you Christians just need to go do your thing, and, and uh, you know, um, we, we should be allowed to do life however we want to do life. I said, so you just saying do life anyway? There's, there's no boundaries? There's no, you know? And he's like, yeah. I said, okay. Boom! I just shot you in the head. I think I'll take your woman. He's like, well, no, no, not like that. I said, that's what you're asking? Or that's what you're wanting is a life? That is just where there's total freedom. Guess what? If you want that life, there are evil people that will do wicked things. That's why we need kingdom. The kingdom of God causes us to align ourselves to the word of God to do life differently that impacts and influences the world in which we live. And we should take that with us. See, it's not about showing up to church to do church. 
and then to leave and then live life however we want to live life. This should be our lifestyle. This should be how we do life. And we carry that into the environment, into our sphere of influence, wherever we go. Even if some choose to go into the virtual world. <laughs> See if I can have an avatar and own a <laughs> Jesus loves you <laughs> on the t-shirt. <laughs> So let's look, at, let's look at Scripture here. To set this up, you've had in, in Acts chapter 1, before Jesus ascends, they're still asking Jesus, wanting their virtual world. Are you here to establish your kingdom? Right? They're, they're still wanting the overthrow of the Roman government. They still want him to fix everything in the natural. Bring world peace. Come on, how many of you ever watched one of the beauty contests? What do you want? World peace. <laughs> Come on. You know, world peace. It's like they've all been programmed. World peace. Now, come on. If you really follow them, they're wanting theirs. Huh? They're on a career track. They're trying to go somewhere with life. Those early Christ followers were still in that place, wanting him to come invade the natural and establish it. He said, look, 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 leave that in the hands of the Father, but you be my witnesses. That's what he said. He, he flipped that on them. So you got that in chapter 1. He said, after the Holy Spirit comes. And then Acts chapter 2, early on, boom, the Holy Spirit comes. That empowerment is there. It's dunamis. That's the word. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is, it is an empowerment that happens. And all of a sudden you see Peter that was, I mean, Mr. Compromise. Mr. You didn't know where he was going to stand. I, I'm like, Jesus had him on the team in a key position and yet, I mean, if you really look at that, you don't know where he's going to be. Is he for me? Is he against me? Is he there? Is he gone? Is he, you know, off fishing? Or is he, you know, this is Peter. And all of a sudden, something transformative happens to Peter when he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he stands up and begins to boldly preach the gospel, preach the word of God. And so he's preaching, and as he goes down through here, um, in, 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 in preaching the word, uh, we, we find that, that it says that they were cut to their heart and they were like, what do we need to do? And Peter and the apostles, they, 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 they were asking them, what do we do? And Peter said there in verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins that you will and you will receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So we see that those, those three key things were right there at the beginning that they needed to repent, to turn from God, turn away from everything else, give your heart fully to Him, and, and be able to, um, um, in, in that place, to... 
uh, be baptized. There is something powerful that happens in water baptism. It's not just some symbol of an inward work. I believe it's far beyond that. Walt Landers didn't go to church to get born again. It happened to me in my bedroom. I didn't even know what happened to me. And during the morning hours, I ran bathwater and literally did that just a leading, a spiritual leading. I didn't know about all this. I'd never been in an evangelical church or any other kind of church. I was raised in a cult. Didn't believe that Jesus said or was who he said he was. And yet that night, I experienced the power of God crying out to God. And in that relationship with Jesus Christ, when I accepted him and the gift that he offered, the power of the Holy Spirit completely, I mean, it was like transformative. I went from darkness to light. Walt Landers didn't turn over a new leaf. Walt Landers was changed. That's why you always hear me say, God's not into behavior modification. Stop trying to fight with those demons and all that stuff and give it to God. It's about life transformation. The power of God wants to take you from that place of darkness into freedom and liberty and life in Christ. Mm. Baptism is a powerful thing. If you've never experienced it, you need to sign up and get ready. we got a baptistry right over here. We believe in water baptism. And it's a powerful thing that can happen. I love how Paul talks about it in Romans 6. The old man's laid to rest and you're being resurrected in newness of life. That's why, I, that's why I, I'm, I'm excited about Easter. Is, is, is the cross part of it? Yeah, it's part of it, but it didn't end there. There's forgiveness at the cross. But my goodness, come on, let's come all the way through the tomb and out the resurrected side of this thing. It's about resurrection life. I, I said, come on, sister, help me out. <laughs> I see people, they, you know, they're wearing crosses everywhere. It's like, how about putting a tomb with a rock rolled away? <laughs> Man. Some people, they're wearing that cross and they're looking at their lifestyle. I want to say, would you swallow that? Maybe it'll get somewhere. And so Peter, he declares that, and then look, look what happens at verse 40. And I'm running out of time quick. Lord, call time to stand still right here. i got to get this to you, because here you go. He said, with many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. The King James, this is the NIV. Sorry, guys. I, I, uh, let me flip back over here. <laughs> Look at this, verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Perverse generation. How many believe if it was a perverse generation in those days? Come on. We got stuff gone off the rail. Perverse generation. There is all kinds of stuff that's jacked up. Right? And he said, how to be saved from a perverse generation? 
I wanted to, I want to go time out. Because here's the thing. It says, then those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. I don't know about you, but it's like, why didn't you put the other words in here? How many of you feel left out? It's like, if Peter, if you told them how to be saved from a perverse generation... Why isn't it in here? If we need it just as much or more today, why isn't it in here? I believe it is. I believe it is. Come on, the, 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 the basketball tournaments are going. Right? Any basketball fans in here? I got a few. <laughs> I was back there ministering to Pastor Kevin this morning. Since Baylor's out. <laughs> Boys and girls. But how many of you ever watched and coach calls a timeout and they gather up in their holy huddle? Well, they don't say holy huddle, but come on. How many know they, they're having a holy huddle? And the coach is giving them some other words. And we, on the outside, may not be in the holy huddle. But we're going, what's he saying? Well, you know what? Just, just watch what happens as they execute what was said. And that's what I believe happened in these next passages of Scripture. Of how to be saved from a perverse generation. And he hits it right here. He said in verse 42... And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and in prayers. They continued steadfastly. That word doctrine is really teaching. And apostolic teaching, I believe, is a little different than just pastoral teaching. Pastoral is going to be all about care. <laughs> Apostolic is going to be about how do we build. That's, if you look at the nature of the apostolic in the New Testament, that, that person thinks in terms of how are we building. How are we moving and advancing forward? And in that teaching, they begin to implement some things that, that when you look at the trajectory of what happened on in the following chapters in the book of Acts, the church of Jesus Christ exploded with growth, with multiplication, with new people being saved. It was full of life. Even though they were being threatened, many of them were losing their lives. Many of them were being imprisoned. All of those things were happening, and yet all the evidence shows that the church just kept growing. It just, it just kept kept moving with this, this vital life, vitality. Sometimes I think that we, we get caught in this place. We would love for all things to be perfect, to, to have a virtual world. But the reality is even in that virtual world, it ain't perfect. Crimes are already being committed. <laughs> They're having to report to Meta. 
My avatar was assaulted. <laughs> Come on. Why? Because human beings are involved. People that need Jesus. People that need salvation. And if we don't understand that this is how our own lives are going to be preserved from the perverseness in this world, how are we going to impact the rest of them? See, we, 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 have to, we have to be careful where we're at. That's why there is, there is huge concern on where people are, are allowing such division and such divisive things to, to come into play. I listened to a, one of the pastors on a podcast, and he's very involved um, politically in a lot of, lot, of, lot of ways, a lot of areas. But he's, he's very nuanced. What do you mean by that, Pastor? He's not sold out to any party. He's not sold out to any just where you have to line up with this. To be nuanced is to be able to say, I want truth wherever it's found. To be nuanced is to say, I, I'm, because I'm telling you, some, some people, they'll, they'll sell out to an ideology or a party platform and they stop thinking. They stop being able to judge things based upon what they know to be true from the Word of God. Listen, folks, we, we got to be nuanced enough. Now, Pastor Stephen, he pastors in Pennsylvania, and it's pretty much an all-black church, and he's a white boy. <laughs> so he's living it and being nuanced. Sometimes you got to look at the proof. Who's following? <laughs> Who's with him? And in that, there's, there's an ability to be vital, not virtual. I believe that even if we invade the virtual, it needs to somehow produce vital. What does vitality in Christ look like? In this place of giving yourself to certain teaching, and, and so you, you need to know what you, what you feed on. Come on. What you feed on, you start, you start becoming. You start believing. You start giving yourself to. If you listen to the news, are you offsetting it with the Word of God and prayer? <laughs> Think about it. Fellowship. They gave themselves, this is the word koinia. This is really what communion comes out of. Koinia. But fellowship is about the close bonding that takes place in our lives in the interactive part of how we do life together I said it from the beginning God did not intend us to do life apart we as Christ followers should do life together but not in a commune don't try to escape the world but to do it in such a way that there's a strength that happens.
You know what I found? I'm sure Pastor David has found this as well. And, and, and even, even uh, Apostle Abraham. <laughs> Dr. Abraham, matter of fact now. He just completed his doctrine. Awesome. <laughs> Way to go. And, and, and with that, you, you go to the foreign mission fields. You go to other countries. You'll find missionaries from all different denominations fellowshipping together. It's amazing how the walls that normally would separate us all come down when you have the name of Jesus and you're in a culture like in India that 1.4 billion people with a very small percent, very small percent being Christian. All of a sudden, you start looking for what we do agree on, not what we disagree on. What can we come together in? That kind of fellowship. And then breaking bread. They did life together. They shared meals together. If you follow this on, it's going to repeat this on and on. And just... Just the next verses, it talks about these specific things of what they begin to do and how they continued in, in the, in the, uh, with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house and ate their food, ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, which takes me back up. But notice, eating a meal together does something. Sharing in that. It, it, there is something in that. Jesus practiced that on a regular basis. Something happens when you bring people together. I, I love that. I love that Pastor Lane is, is leading in that. I, I, I rejoice when I hear about the eating meetings going on. <laughs> it's biblical. It's not just for us to, you know, just have a meal. No, it, there's something scriptural. There's scriptural precedent that's here and something happens in that when you when you sit down and you have that meal together but that last thing that it talks about not only the apostles doctrine not only the 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 fellowship and the breaking of bread or or sharing meals together but it says in prayers verse 42 in prayers and that word prayers you know there's all kinds of different prayers there is. Sometimes, you know, in the English, we just see prayer. But if you go through and you look at it, this isn't the where we come together and we got our, got our petitionary list and we're going to go to God. Okay, here's, here's our list, Lord. This prayer is about that open, transparent exposure in His presence of worship. If we follow what is happening here, Giving ourselves to good, sound teaching, apostolic teaching. How are we building? How are we advancing? Where are we going in this? And, and, and with koinia, with the true fellowship that is happening where we're doing life together, we're eating meals together <clears throat> at that next level, and all of a sudden we're worshiping, we're entering in, and there's a place of transparency in it, of exchange in worship that, that honestly should happen. Even more so. That's why I, I, I'm telling you, we can't, we can't just 
do life apart. We have to continue to gather. Early on, the early church was still gathering publicly. Even though some of that their lives were being threatened. There was, it was risky. And yet they're still gathering. There is something so powerful if we will understand that in corporate worship as we come. And it said that they continued to, as they went, to share and do life together, but praising God. There's something that just happens. If people can see this in our lives, I promise you they'll be so much more open. They'll be so much more open. I remember as a young young believer and and I, I was I, I'm telling you when I got when I got saved I, I I was I mean it was radical transformation and I couldn't believe here I was 22 years old and nobody had told me about this like it was some best kept secret I couldn't remember I mean I'd gone to all the rock concerts and all the stuff and and you know and it's like how come nobody ever walked up to me and said, man, you know, Jesus gave his life for you. It's like, what happened? That's why I'm still so motivated for us as a church to not only for us locally to share our faith, but even to the uttermost parts of the world that we are still going. There are still people that haven't heard. There's still hundreds and hundreds of unreached and even a lot more underreached people groups. There's one people group. I was recently at a missions conference visiting with an individual that was a missionary to China. And he, he has developed actually a software program of, of, of translation. There are, there are languages that still don't have any written language. There's languages still in the world. No written script. Nothing. And this one unreached people group in China, 2.1 million people in that one people group have nothing in written form. They, they, they have no language that's, that's written. Just a, and they work through a process. They can now, with this software development that they've done, they can take a language where it used to take 22 years for Wycliffe to translate a, a complete language that had no written script to be able to go in that culture extract that from their language and to be able to build it and to, for them to produce a Bible in that language 22 years they now through this program in two and a half years can produce a language I got to hold the first Bible he had it in a special case he hoped, of that New Testament in that Chinese language and I got to hold that it's like gold flipping through that and seeing it. They took their verbal language and brought it down into written form and that is what's going in to that people group. 2.1 million people. One people group in China. And then to help it, he pulled out this little device about like that. On one side of it, it had solar panels. Solar, solar panel strip on one side. 
So you don't need electricity. And it was an audio recording of that New Testament on that little device so that they could carry it with them and listen to the Bible, listen to the Word of God in their own language. And just slip it in their pocket. Authorities come by, slip it up your sleeve. <laughs> listen, this gospel will still go into all the earth. Every tongue, tribe, and nation will come and be represented before Him. And we are being a part of that as the church. We are on mission. Well, what about all the stuff going on? We're still on mission. We are not going to be deterred. Now, are we still helping with some some relief effort? Yes, but we are staying on mission. I talked to you at the beginning that some were maybe looking for that, that something to find that euphoria, find that perfect whatever. What if you just laid all that aside and just said, God, help me to be the person that you created me to be. Help me to simply walk in love and care for those around me and represent you well. What if we just went back to the simplicity of that? Let's stand to our feet. Let me pray over us just just for a moment. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for just this passage of Scripture and the things stirring in my heart. I just pray that I was able to communicate them in such a way that we were able to find that those those pieces, those things that spoke to our hearts, that touched our lives. And, and, and uh, maybe for some, it's even inspiring them to think outside of the norm of, of being able to, to, to reach into other realms and worlds and reach people and, and uh, through other even means of social platforms and, and other ways even. But ultimately... To be able to see people come back into not a virtual world, but from a virtual place, from a a desiring of euphoria, to a place of vital, a place where there's life, where we're able to experience His life-giving presence and the life-giving that happens collectively as we come together as the people of God and do life together. Father, I pray that we just surrender in a fresh way to that. If there's anyone here and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, right now, you can just say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I believe in the price that was paid for me. Just do that in your own words and just just enter into that. And then today, before you leave, tell someone, Tell someone. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you that whether it's here in person, whether it's here that of those that will listen through other means and other channels, other podcasts, Lord, that, that if anyone doesn't know you in a deep and personal and vital and real way, Lord, that they would open their hearts and experience the life that you give them.
Lord, we just surrender ourselves to you. Can we sing this last song before we leave and Pastor Lane comes to dismiss us? Can, can you just, let's just spend this moment and let's just offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Some of you may be thinking today, man, I need to be more of Jesus in my workplace, in my family, wherever that is, in my school. And just, just let God empower you in a fresh way today before you leave.